Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Vanya. Hi, I'm Avrin, and this is Rom Crime. Vigilante. The word vigilante is complex. It can seem black and white. But today, we aim to take you into the gray. Warning, this podcast discusses difficult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hello, Avrin. Well, hello, Vanya. Oh my gosh, you guys. I think this is the first time I'm actually looking at you. This is like old school when we first started doing this. Yes, at my dining room table. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I switched us up. We used to be in an office. Uh, and we were just sitting side by side and kind of like side eyeing each other, yeah, while like we're trying talking. not to be too creepy. Where I was like, "I'm, I'm talking to you. I promise." Yeah, exactly. But also keeping your mouth on the mic. You yeah, know, that's yeah. so hard sometimes. When it, but now we can just like look at I each know, other. This is so nice. I know. I feel like I'm inter- I met a job interview. I know a little bit, but I mean, the, like the least nervous I've ever felt. In there a you job go. <laughs> Same. Um, but yeah, this is very nostalgic. When we first started, and we really didn't know what the heck we were doing. That's right. We sat across from each other. We did. We yeah. borrowed microphones. Then mm-hmm. we. I bought crappy microphones, and then we <laughs> we figured it out through it, yeah. several different cool little things that you got and tried. Because yes. Vanya is the master engineer behind everything that you hear here. God so, bless. and she did it all by teaching herself, which is I was just gonna say I'm like the master trial and error kind of gal. Yeah, but you still figured out all of this on your own. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel happy about that too. Um, I currently edit in um, GarageBand, but. I, my, my co-host for Mike and Vanya can't not, Mike Mm -hmm. edits in Adobe Audition. This is probably not exciting, but he said it's like so much better. So I have to train myself how to do that. Yeah. Okay. So it makes it easier. We're basically always evolving and learning here at Romcom. Exactly. Yes, we are. Hopefully the quality and content is just getting better. And also if any of you follow us on Instagram or on uh, YouTube or on Facebook, we are evolving into video sketches, guys. Because yeah, we're also two well, actors you know, who like to be on camera. That's true. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, I was thinking about it, Avrin. You and I have been working together as actors for... Has it been 10 years? I think it's been... If not 10 years, like really yeah. close to We've been creating years. different sketches and doing different things. Because so let's say your oldest is seven. seven and I mean, we I feel like I definitely knew years. you for multiple years Had before. Had you been at least four. Yeah. So it's been more than 10 11, years. guys. So I feel very proud about that. And all of the staying at home and all of this pent-up aggression, <laughs> wait, maybe just me. There is a lot of aggression. <laughs> was like, we. it had to come out creatively and comedically. So yeah. if you have not checked out our uh, video, it's called Holiday Alone. 
Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Holiday <laughs> like Alone. When... And I think the easiest way to find the video, if you're interested, is to actually just go to YouTube and yeah. type in Rom Crime. Because Rom Crime is, you know, someone you can subscribe to, but it'll yeah. be the first thing that pops up. Exactly. And it's easier because I typed in Holiday Alone thinking no I one has see. ever used that before. And it's like, how to travel solo. I know, for right? I saw and I that like, too. I. I made a fatal error. No, in that's true. Yeah, it. so che- so search rom crime, and then you'll see. Like, I tried to start uploading our audio, but my god, it takes so much uh, time. space and time. Oh, so yeah. we'll see. I might try to keep doing that, but or otherwise, maybe we'll just keep making funny videos to throw up there. Exactly. Yeah. Or how tos? Who wants to learn how to cook from us? I'm kidding, but you know, <laughs> not, why not? You don't want to learn to cook for me, but I'll teach you how to make a cocktail. Are you kidding me? You're amazing, <laughs> guys. Today, today's is kind of. I mean, I'm incredibly fascinated by this because as you all most likely know, unless this is your first episode, welcome. Welcome yes, to Rom welcome Crime. Welcome to Rom Crime. We are I'm Vanya. I'm the Rom. I'm the one who likes, you know, more light things in life, rom coms. Yeah, and I'm Avern and I'm the crime. And I'm the one who likes um true crime documentaries and scaring the crap out of my husband after we watch <laughs> horror movies together that I force him to stay with me through when he's decided they're too scary. That's how we rang in the holiday season. Oh, we watched yeah? we watched The Grudge. Oh, and and then I promptly... Is that one scary? It's pretty good. Oh, like, yeah. I feel kind of like I've been ruined <laughs> for horror movies. I just think I maybe know the tropes too well. So it's very hard to like to startle me, which I think is the point yeah. of horror movies is to get you to do that. Okay. Ah! Yes. You know, which I my like, husband I like does. That. That's fun. My husband does better than anyone I've ever seen. Oh, my the, God. the jump and scream. My dog is literally like, I will be leaving the room <laughs> every time we watch a horror movie. But we watch The Grudge, you know, to ring in the holiday season. And immediately he like at one point was trying to get up to go in the other room. And I was like, where are you going? And he was like, uh. and I was like, you have, you have to watch the whole thing. Right. So he came back. I forced him to watch it. And then the second it was over, I stood up and I was like, well, I'm going to go walk the dog now. I hope you'll be fine while I'm okay. And he was like, well, you're outside. Yeah, I was like, I hope you don't get grudged while I'm gone. And he was oh literally like, I hate you so much. <laughs> and then right before, as I was leaving, he's like, lock the door. <laughs> And I was like, of course, honey. And also, nothing's going to happen to you. I'm impressed that you don't get scared or, you know, but I'm I'm a total fraidy cat. But yes, I'm the rom. So welcome if it's your first time. And hey, you're in a safe place. That's right. So our... This is our second season, and we are dedicating our stories this season to Vigilante Tales. Mm -hmm. And this one specifically happens in a place where both Avern and I spent... I spent 13 years of my life. I also spent 13 years Oh, how weird. Yeah. Um, In New York City. Mm -hmm. So... You want to take it away? I will take it away. And also, this one's kind of interesting because I just also want to preface this where this feels a little bit more like um, it's not a specific story, which I don't think right. we've ever really done that before. That's true. This is a story about vigilante groups that yes. does not center around like a specific act, right? which I thought was interesting because I, re- I didn't even think of that until I was yeah. doing the research and I was like, oh, I don't have an example. You know what's like- funny is when we decided to do vigilante i was thinking oh i bet there's a bunch of vigilante groups out there i was honestly thinking more along these lines but then we have not found anything until now right so and this is very fascinating and i feel like i maybe had heard of at least the part that i'm gonna teach the people about Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna be kind of talking to you guys about the guardian angels Mm -hmm. that started in new york city so before we get into that i just want to take you and create a picture it's new york city my very favorite place on earth. Yes, and the year is. is 1979. 
1979, the population of New York City was 17,649,000 people, which I was like, that's a lot, right? Like, like a lot. I guess I should have looked up what the population is today, but I did find it fascinating as I was kind of looking at the years immediately following 1979, the population in New York seemed to be going down. So I think people were like, shit's a little too real here. Right. So I just want to paint a picture of the crime. I'm sure most people who've ever read any history of New York City or been interested in New York City knows that like the 70s and 80s, New York was an incredibly dangerous place overrun by drugs, um, a lot of economic stress, meaning like the resources that the actual city had to work with meant there weren't there weren't enough police officers, there weren't enough, you know, firefighters. So crime was like rampant. And in 1979, there and these are just reported, right? Mm -hmm. I got this from like some statistical New York City official website. 2,092 murders were reported in 1979. 5,394 forcible rapes were reported. And I, yeah. Just reported. These are just reported. And those are, um, yeah, like probably not like date rape situations. If you say forcible, that means like violent, right? Yeah, I think so. And then there were 93,471 robberies and 60,949 uh, cases of aggravated assault reported. And then just to really hone in on it, in September of 1979, there were 250 felonies reported every single week, all going down in the dark hallways of the subway system. Uh-oh. First, I was going to be like, of the M, do I remember? The MTA? Yes. The MTA, Jesus. I've been gone too long. Okay, the MTA. <laughs> Um, and so the Guardian Angels, which is a vigilante group I'm going to talk to you all about, was founded by a man named Curtis Sliwa, who was, in my opinion, kind of like a wild dude, but like a pretty wackadoo, fun, all over the crazy town map life. So he was born in, in 1954 in New York. He is known as an American anti-crime activist, founder and CEO of the Guardian Angels. And um, along with being the founder of this group, he, he has this incredibly, like, I watched a couple videos because I was like, I have to make sure that I'm cool with this dude. Yeah, and we'll get into you. that. Yeah. yeah. But he has this really charismatic New York quality about him and this booming voice. And so that combination also led him into talk radio, where a remark that he made about John Gotti led to a kidnapping and an attempt on his life, this time for real. A real kidnapping and attempt on his life. And I will get to the fake one later. Like he was kidnapped? He attempted. was legit kidnapped and attempt. like someone tried to murder him. And everyone believes it was John Gotti, you know, the, the yes. mafia guy. Yeah. So for something he said on one of his talk radio shows. So the way it went down was in 1992, Curtis was picked up by two gunmen in a yellow taxi cab that had been stolen. So basically a cab pulled up for him and he didn't know it was a stolen cab. And after getting in the car, a gunman like popped up from the front seat and shot him twice (gasps) um, before he was able to leap out of a window and escape. Damn. So I think he was shot like in the leg and maybe the arm. So luckily he survived. John Gotti was charged with attempted murder, but never convicted. I think they tried the case something like five times. And for some reason, something would come up or a lack of evidence or the charges would be dismissed. And then eventually they're like, I guess we're just not going to try this anymore. Um, This this, um, charismatic New Yorker um, (laughs) has also been married four times. And I'm only going to mention that because I just think anyone who's been married four times, like there's something... 
you know, interesting going on there. But his first yeah. wife, Lisa Evers, was a trained black belt. Yes. And she is that badass. We'll post pictures. She's the badass, tall, gorgeous lady with the red lipsticks lip, and all of like the photos from the original. Yes. Guardian, Guardian Angels. Angels. And that was his first wife. They divorced, though. And today... <laughs> He is a Republican conservative talk radio host. She is, yeah. No, he is. Oh, he she is? She is also a reporter for Fox, a local Fox channel. I don't know. So, yes, he is a Republican conservative talk radio host who hates Donald Trump because he's a real New Yorker. I, like, watched an interview. He was like, I oh, know Donald Trump. He's a piece of I've shit. I've known him since he was born. Oh, my God, You know, God, like, he was yeah. like, and I do not like him. Um and as of Wikipedia today, he is planning on running for mayor of New York City, not Trump, sorry. Um Curtis Sliwa is planning on running huh. for mayor of New York City in 2021 in the next election for mayor. But back in 1977, so this is 2 years before the rates I was talking about, things were pretty much just as bad, if not maybe even a little bit worse. Right. Um Curtis Sliwa was 23-year-old. 23-year-old, 23 years old is what I meant to say. <laughs> and um, he was the night manager of a McDonald's in the Bronx, overwhelmed by the violence that was unfolding all too regularly, not only in his restaurant, but just like across the city in general. He decided to take matters into his own hands. So he formed a group called the Magnificent 13, a group dedicated to combating crime, primarily on the subway. They trained in basic martial arts learned first aid, and devised a special subway patrol system. So what would happen was is they would ride the worst trains. What would happen? Sometimes I catch what I say like a second later. <laughs> so what they did was they would patrol the worst trains, and each member, so there's 13 of them, right? Each one of them would go into a car, and at every single stop, they would pop their heads out of the car they were in. And if for some reason one of them didn't, that meant something was going down in that car and everybody on patrol would converge onto the car oh where the member had not popped his head out. Right? I mean, like, I get such a visceral sort of feel, like hair standing on my neck and like the, you know, just memory of being on the subway, taking the subway for that many years yeah. of our lives. And obviously it wasn't the late wasn't 70s like or 80s, but it, yeah. and it wasn't as da dangerous. But like when you were writing it late and shit went mm -hmm. down, oof. shit went down for yeah. real. Yeah, no joke. But I can't imagine like no matter what time of day, no yeah. matter what's going on, Crime, the subway happening. is like, it's a gamble. Like you're most likely going to get robbed and hopefully nothing worse. Right. So within two years, the Magnificent 13 had grown to over 500 members um, with Curtis at the helm of the expanding group that then, in 1979, officially became known as the Guardian Angels. So while they were championed by the public on the subways and the streets, historically, their relationship with the New York City police was very different. I would assume that. Yeah. So <laughs> where does one draw the line between a good Samaritan and a vigilante? That's a big headline. Uh, a former guardian angel, I guess you're always a guardian angel once you're a guardian angel, but yeah. this is back in the day, named Gregory said, back in 1979, when it all started, we had a very bad relationship with the police. They despised the guardian angels because they believed we shouldn't be on the subway doing their job, but they weren't doing their job. And strap hangers, that would be subway riders in old times. Thank you. Because I, I read strap hangers and I was like, what the hell is a strap yeah. hanger? But that makes sense because they used to be leather, leather straps. Leather straps right? And now they're just metal poles. They're just COVID breeding grounds. Actually, you know what? Those poles are better. They Cleaned. don't, hold, yeah, they're clean. Because I actually had to do a bunch of research because my daughter, when she was two, licked an entire pole all the way around. And I was like, I screamed as if I had been shot. Absolutely, yeah. 
That was and, like when liquid learned. would drip on your head if you're walking down the subway and you're like, <sighs> oh my God. Like exactly. the, something just is, <laughs> my face will start melting. Yeah. So they're clean. They're, they're, they don't hold as many germs as we thought. Like they're not okay. as dirty as people think. People Because think. of the material? Yeah, because cool. of the, the me, whatever kind of metal and it's so like that's why it's no longer straps. Yeah. And probably. I would also say, you know, still wash your hands. Don't Yeah. And your, don't lick yeah. them if you, if you're not to, <laughs> like if you don't know not to, don't do it. So the subway riders were incredibly happy to have the guardian angels riding with them. They were karate trained youths fanning out through the night, anywhere from 12 to 40 different angel patrols at a time. And mostly they were just deterrence to the bad guys and a reassuring presence to terrified passengers of the subway. But they were also quick to jump into action when they needed to. They would chase away predators. They pulled um, people to safety who'd been pushed onto the tracks, which was my greatest nightmare. And at one point, the guardian angels even came to the rescue of a policeman who was being beaten with his own nightstick. So Saliwa, that'd be Curtis Saliwa, the founder, recruited his angels from all walks of life, black, white, Hispanic, male, female, young, old. Many of them were reformed gang members who wanted to put an end to the wave of crime that had plagued their own communities. And Curtis outfitted his diverse team of crime-fighting citizens in military-style red berets and gave them jackets and t-shirts embroidered with their logo, which is Guardian Angels, Mm -hmm. Angel Wings, and the all-seeing Freemason's Eye. I just love it. And I love the actual color of red. It's like a cherry red. Yeah, it's it's like a not, you can't miss it red. Yeah. So they were not allowed to carry weapons, um, but on the streets, even without weapons, the Red Berets, the Guardian Angels, would break up fights where knives and firearms were involved. They would talk down gang members and protect countless vulnerable vulnerable kids from beatings and gang-related violence. The Guardian Angels in 1979 became NYC's coolest crime-fighting squad in their red berets and baseball jackets. Very cool. However... The, um, the NYPD, so the police department of New yeah. York City, were not the only ones opposed to the Guardian Angels. In the very beginning, New York City Mayor Edward Koch, uh, Koch? I think it's Koch. Koch. Yeah. Publicly opposed the group, calling them lawless vigilantes and stating if they wanted to fight crime, they should join the police force. And then this I got, this is going to be from directly from an article in the New York Daily News by... Um, Jer Hester, which said, if City Hall was a, was a little slow to grasp the social phenomenon that was the Guardian Angels, Lieutenant Governor Mario Cuomo, I'm assuming Cuomo's daddy, uncle, daddy, yeah. older brother. How many Cuomo brothers are there? A lot. Um, he got he got it. And he was kind of pissed because in 1977, he had lost the mayoral primary to Coke. So he kind of wanted to basically come out on the opposite side as the mayor. And he was eyeing bigger and better things for himself. So he became the angel's most eloquent champion saying they are a better expression of morality than our city deserves. Confronting the largely unspoken issue that these angels were 80% black or Hispanic. He added, if they were sons and daughters of doctors from great neck, would people be calling them vigilantes? Everyone would be giving them medals. New York city, (laughs) New York city should be proud of the (laughs) angels. He said, Kids who had been born in troubled areas have survived the test. So I thought that was pretty interesting, just that a politician was willing to come forward and be like, I don't think anyone would have an issue with this group who is just is a presence to let people who might want to do harm or, you know, shenanigans Mm -hmm. that like there's someone here who will do something about it if you do. Exactly. I think it's just fear too coming from that 
person, the mayor or whatever. Yeah. He's and like, also oh. they're a 501c, you know, they're a, they're a nonprofit. I'm not sure when are, the they, status. Yeah, but, that was not the case oh, here. This, yeah. they were literally just a, a just a group of just people, a group trying of people to who were trained well and had vigilantes. their own. Yeah. They were vigilantes. But, um, I just thought that was interesting that a politician yeah. had the balls to stand up and say, like, if these were a bunch of white kids from Long Island that came in to, like, patrol the streets and help They'd the police, like, oh, they would give them you. medals. Yeah. But it wasn't just the mayor and the NYPD that were hurling insults. Curtis Lewa was not a fan yeah. of the higher ups and the and the so-called powers that be at the time. He was particularly vocal about the shortcomings of the local police with the media. So they would, like get pictures of um, transit patrol. So basically subway oh, cops, MTA cops yeah, yeah. who were sleeping in the subway car <laughs> and like put them on the media. Um, and so he was really, he was throwing a lot of dirt right back at them. Um, but the more that he started to kind of like court the press to raise awareness for his vigilante group, the guardian angels, the more it seemed to backfire on him because at the, at the like height of their notoriety, when they first rose to his, you know, recognizable status, if you will, he pulled a bunch of kind of, let's not even say rather questionable, let's say like full-blown questionable and outlandish stunts, which um, included staging sensational crime busts by the guardian angels, like staging them, swooping in and stopping crime. So like fake versions of what they were really doing. And then he even um, faked his own kidnapping at the hands of the NYPD, which then was revealed to be false and a publicity stunt so not such a good move you know what's in my head right now i want to say just like a fucking guy Mm -hmm. i don't know why i don't know why i think i just couldn't couldn't imagine a woman doing that but you know what women have big egos too but it's such an ego right but it's like you're already getting so much attention like people are cheering for you maybe not the cops and the mayor but like the citizens of the city you're trying to protect they're already cheering for you you don't need to create fake rescues and you don't need to pretend to get kidnapped by the nyp but maybe he did i don't know or maybe his. i don't know you know there was no social media back then that's true maybe this is like the fire like the he he was a smart weirdo yeah yeah this was the instagram you know, have to fake your own kidnapping that's how you get followers <laughs> but oh god don't do Kurt, that, don't do it um <laughs> curtis lewa admittedly regrets having done those things today but in his defense he says they felt necessary at the time to prevent city officials in the nypd um from bringing the group to like an end like making what they were doing fully illegal so that they couldn't do it anymore so in his like as if let's pretend we're playing him as an actor yeah his objective is to keep his group alive and to protect and in the public eye and in the public's favor yeah so they want the public to know who they are and to want them to stick around all right, so how does one become a guardian angel if you want to be one i don't know tell me so new members are heavily vetted Then they go through a six-month team-based training period in martial arts at the Guardian Angel headquarters in Brooklyn to learn how to defend themselves, others, and how to detain criminals while police are being called. Absolutely no weapons, we're just repeating this, are ever carried by angels. And one of the protocols is that members, other Guardian Angels, will physically search each other before they're allowed to start their shift of patrolling. And you are required, if you are a guardian angel, to do a minimum of four hours a week, both in the subways and on the streets of like patrolling. I think that's more training than an actual police officer goes through. Kind of sounds like it, right? Yeah. And no weapons. Like stopping 
even if it was just sheer volume and numbers of like, there's 55 people in red berets and jackets that are standing in front of, you know, or standing on the subway Mm -hmm. in various cars. Like, I'm not going to do anything. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't want to be total a-hole here, but I've definitely been like, sort of like sexually harassed when I was in my 20s by cops. Oh. Oh my God. Like actually all the time. Not all the time, but like at least five times. Just like, you know, just called, you know, whatever. The things that they're not supposed to say. Yeah. And I never felt like comfortable around. But when I first moved to New York, I I was such a peacock in the way I dressed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I loved crazy clothes. And, you know, I was a victim of uh, Sex in the City. We all So I loved. That's why we were there. And I love, I still (laughs) love that show. But you know what I mean? Like I loved fashion. I mean, I got my freaking degree in costume. So Mm -hmm. like I, but I stopped wearing like short skirts and anything right. and, or even bright clothes to bring attention to myself because I would get, you'd get called by anybody, any guy. It was just part of the culture there. And actually I eventually just started to expect it. And then right. when it didn't happen, I was like, Oh, I must look like shit today. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah. Smash the patriarchy. So I never like totally yeah. trusted the cops. Oh. I loved, I love female cops when I saw them, but like I didn't yeah. always feel that safe. So I get like, it's, kind of cool that they're really yeah put and through the ringer. yeah the, and these... i know cops are you know most of the cops are good and they're doing some they're i i do really truly believe that i truly, I hope, believe I truly hope that, that people true. go into that for a higher calling i hope but yeah, I hope they're obviously the ones that aren't right. yeah <sighs> sorry oh gosh no there's like so many ways we could just go off here and never even come true, back yeah. so by the end of 1980 there are like over 700 guardian angels roaming the New York subways and regularly racking up dozens of citizens' arrests. The city, overwhelmed um, by all of the publicity that the group was getting, it was just constantly like, these guys are the real, you know, like protectors of New York, not the cops, the cops suck. Um, They basically began, just in an effort to protect and save themselves, um, moving towards an agreement under which the angels would remain autonomous, but what they would get police issued ID cards and a modicum of police cooperation, and they became an actual like um, not for profit organization. Oh, gotcha. Yes, yes. So today, where are these guardian angels? Because yes, they exist and in a big way still. So outside of New York City, the guardian angels have established chapters in Washington, D.C., New Orleans, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Fresno, Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston, Denver, um, Dallas, Houston, Savannah, Seattle, and uh, Springfield and Brockton, Massachusetts, Sacramento and Stockton, California, Portland, Maine, and Indianapolis, Indiana. That's this just the U.S. amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. And then globally... There are guardian angel chapters in Australia, Canada, Germany, Italy, Spain, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, the Philippines, South Africa, and the United Kingdom. Can I just say one thing? Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be an all-female, well, we'll get to mine, mm-hmm. to my section, but we, we need Juarez. Yes. We need a big-ass guardian angel group. In Juarez. In Juarez. And maybe, like, honestly, it, unfortunately, they might need, like, shields <laughs> if they're not carrying weapons, but right. sorry. No, that's on. actually so true. And um, if you don't know what she's referring to, oh. check out our last episode. Episode four. Diana, 
the hunter of bus drivers yeah. or the bus driver killer hunter. or the hunter of bus drivers. <laughs> bus driver hunter. I just gave it all away. The bus driver hunter. Okay. So most recently, I guess in, in what we kind of understand in the world, um, the guardian angels came in to help safeguard the streets of New York City this summer during all of the protests. And then I just pulled a couple of quotes from a June 3rd, 2020 article from today written by Carrie Breen. So we've been through this before, said Curtis Sliwa, the founder of the organization who's been on the streets of New York City for the past week. When there is insurrection, that's a part of the political process. There will be demonstrations. And then all of a sudden, when the sun goes down, it's a whole different order to what's happening. And that's the organized mayhem Mm. setting fires and um, looting that you see. Sliwa said that during past protests, he and the Guardian Angels have served as as marshals, a third party that stays on the outer perimeter of the protest to keep things in order without involving the police or any outside authority. Um, uh, Sliwa says they knew that the Guardian Angels are independent and autonomous. It's not the government. It's not the police, but will keep people out of harm's way and will deal with the people who try to get into the group and have their who have their own agendas. So we're very effective in doing that. Um, And we've been doing it for years to help people who would like to exercise their rights to demonstrate. This is another quote from him. We're patrolling Soho and NoHo. That's where you have all the trendy shops. We're also patrolling nearby Chinatown because ever since coronavirus, there have been lots of random attacks on the Chinese population of New York City. So we're keeping the peace there. And um, we're also keeping the peace and patrolling the streets of neighborhoods next door that are overwhelmed. And the community was saying, please get over here. We need your help. In addition to Lower Manhattan, Sliwa said that they had guardian angels who were also in Herald Square and parts of Brooklyn and parts of the Bronx. He also said, unfortunately for us, there's so many other places to go at this point that we're a minor speed bump, but we have to be happy with small victories and saving some of the businesses and helping the protesters out, but realizing that there's so many of them throughout the area, there are a lot of places we were not able to protect. And their efforts were not risk-free. On Tuesday night of the week of June 3rd, 2020... Sliwa was hit in the jaw with a hammer, <gasps> and another guardian angel was seriously injured and hospitalized after having his nose broken and, like, something bad with his eye socket. It oh, just said no. a broken nose and eye, so a broken eye socket. Ouch. According to um, a representative for the group, uh, Sliwa said that apart from these injuries, the group has been relatively safe and added that in his experience, the guardian angels who are recognizable in those red berets and matching jackets have been met with goodwill from both protesters and police. Well, that's good. Yes. And also, I think this is important. I'm just going to throw this in here and then I'm going to do it, kick it over. But crime fighting isn't the only mission of the Guardian Angels in its modern form. Um, And this comes from an article on narratively.com by Michael Stahl. Interaction with the Angels is not always directed related to crime fighting, like a backpack giveaway in September at a Fort Tryon, sorry, geez, Fort Tryon Park, where Guardian Angels handed out free school supplies to the neighborhood kids. Everyone in the community has to work together to make the city a beautiful place, said Guardian Angel EQ, which stands for the Equalizer. (laughs) And then Dennis Superstretched, I love that they all have names, dude. Torres, who started patrolling with Sliwa when he was 14 years old, oversees operations of the donation funded Guardian Angels Community Service Center on St. Nicholas Avenue in Washington Heights, right where we used to live. live. For the last 11 years, he and other Angel volunteers, as part of the Junior Guardian Angels program, have taught free 
martial, martial arts courses, offered tutoring services, and provided food for about 500 children a week during after-school hours. <sighs> Most of the kids in these neighborhoods are black or Hispanic, and they are ripe to be recruited into gangs and other things, which is precisely what the angels are hoping to steer them away from. It's cool. And then, in the wake of the Me Too movement, oh. a, spe- a special branch of the Guardian Angels came to be. So yes. take that away, Vanya. Who are you going to call when you see a perv? The Guardian Angels Perv Busters. That's the next initiative that came out. I'm looking. I had to print it out. It's a, it's like a poster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a poster, and it literally says it. Is it yeah, and then it's like, call us at 718-649-2607. Repeat or email that. us. I was going to say, repeat yeah. that number for anyone still living in the city. 718-649-2607. Yeah, that's all for living in the city. You can also email them at pervbusters at guardianangels.org. Well, let me tell you what they do I before I get too hear. hard into this. I force myself not to read anything about them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's honestly exactly what guardian angels do plus Sex crimes in the subway are up 50%. And this is on their website now. This is on like the Perv Busters landing page or whatever. It's on the Guardian Angels, but the Perv Busters, I don't know, link, whatever. (laughs) It says, we are creating a subway wiener waiver. Okay, so (laughs) let me just say that again. We are creating a subway wiener waiver and happy pants registry with pictures, video, and data. We will post it online and distribute it on flyers. Sexual perverts, beware! Four exclamation points. Keep your rocket in your pocket or the guardian angels perv busters are going to make an example of you. Two exclamation points. (laughs) And then, you know, it gives the information and, and their thing is like dare to care. That's the whole guardian angels thing. Dare to care. Safety patrol. So... Wow, who writes their copy? I know. I want to like it. high five them so hard. If you ever move back to New York, you should be like, "Hey, um, I need I'd a like job. To... I would like to first of all work in public relations for yeah, you." Yeah, exactly. First of all, I want to train, but I don't want to be on the subway. I want to work behind the scenes, but yeah. I still want to. I want to train. Okay, so on the lookout for sexual deviance as part of a special, predominantly female guardian angels is a unit called, like I said, the perv. Busters. Dig it. Who are you going to call? The Perv Busters. The Guardian Angels Perv Busters. That's who you're going to call. So in 2016, the Guardian Angels launched a new prog- program called Perv Busters. Okay, so there's a lady. Her name's Mary. She goes by KC. She says they specifically noticed a rise in that kind of crime, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And she said, we all have a lot on our plate, but this really got my attention. And Curtis... Sliwa specifically approached me to lead the effort. So she did that. And so, yeah, an awesome new cool initiative that that's just all ladies mostly that targets sexual harassment on the subways. And Casey says, I think sexual harassment should be considered a felony to a degree. It's not just a misdemeanor slap on the wrist. So I like that too. Yeah, I like you, Casey. I know, she's cool. There's video of her and, you know, she was talking about when she was younger, when she was a little girl, she was coming up, you know, out of the subway with her mom and some dude pulled her mom by the purse back down the subway and basically like flashed her, stole her purse, something like that. Oh and my he, God. And she was saying, you know, you can't unsee that. And as a kid, it's super traumatizing. Yeah. So that's kind of, she's like, it's close to my heart. Yeah. Is what she was saying. Love you it, know? love it. But there's this new energy in the group through the, this female task force, which is really what one hopes from 
from an admirable group of vigilantes, right? Mm -hmm. Born in the spirit of the 1980s RoboCop lawlessness. Um, I just thought that was funny. (laughs) That it just doesn't move forward, but it does evolve. So the vigilante was not just the guardian angels, but now they're actually targeting something that is a huge issue. And anyone, anyone, any woman, I guess I should just say, who's ridden the subway as much as you do, you... I would be very hard pressed to believe that a single one of them has not at not least experienced been something, some form yeah. of harassment. So, um, yeah, every one of Curtis's New York City angels, we that so they all, even the ones that aren't the in the perv busters, the men, they all support the women and they all wear the same cherry red berets. I love a beret. I know. We have to. I think this is not the oh first my time God, we that mentioned. That makes me laugh so hard. I just remembered in that interview I watched. To make sure he yeah. wasn't a Trump supporter, <gasps> he was talking about. He's like, you know, Gucci. And he's got this great, like, deep Bronx accent. He's like, yeah. Gucci's selling my red berets for like three hundred dollars, and I'm not even getting a penny. Oh my god! He's like, we was we were stylists before Gucci. Oh my god! I gosh. was like, oh, that's amazing. Oh yeah, he, he uh, Mr. Curtis Lewa does not like Mr. Trump. No, he he. he you said not. that right? Yeah, you, I did. yeah. I was just like, oh my god. Um. So, oh, this was also funny because you know the New York Post is like. They always have the hilarious. Right. It's it's not a rag mag, but it's kind of it's like, like right on the border. It was every every day I went to work. I loved to get it because I worked in the in a bar, and you know we'd open at eleven or twelve. We'd open at twelve, but I'd get there at eleven. Right. And I would always bring in all the newspapers because our boss was like, "You want to have the newspapers on the bar?" Right. You know, it was like a nice bar. It was you know, um, and I love the it's just entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. Is that the one that have like the blind items? Oh yeah, page six. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that one too. So they report these badass vigilantes prowl subways, hunting down pervs. I <laughs> <laughs> just thought that was amazing. Um, so yes, let's see. These women are dedicating their, okay. So can you imagine there's, they're similarly trained just like the guardian angels. They're trained in martial arts in first aid, but they're also, they keep, um, handcuffs. Oh, so they can handcuff people. If someone like citizens arrest, citizens arrest. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if the guardian angels had handcuff handcuffs but it did say that they were trained in how to detain someone until the police arrived so that might have meant handcuffs i think so i you know it's just a presence mostly but they have stopped men from doing things and they've just their presence stops it Mm -hmm. i just i've never seen them on the subway you know while we were there i wished i had what how did i never see them i don't know um, let's see. The eight strong crew is trained to tackle perpetrators verbally and physically. So they talk and how to handcuff and how to survey a crowd for suspicious activity. <clears throat> and then, the, then, you know, I got to end this with like a quote from Sliwa. I got eight girls doing what the transit cops apparently can't do. Sliwa proudly <laughs> told the New York Post. <laughs> Sliwa for mayor 2021. And he, and he goes, you know, the signs that say, see something, say something. Well, we're actually doing something. Love it. My yeah. God, someone make a movie. I know. Well, they talk about he's like the perfect sort of what a what a character. I know. Can you think? I mean, think about it. So he forms this vigilante group. Mm-hmm. It's like wildly popular. It continues on and turns into almost like a like a public a community service group yeah. to a, to, for the most part. Then he gets into like talk radio, a, like most famous New York mobster tries to whack him. He <laughs> survives that by jumping out of the car and then with two bullets, with in, his two body. bullets in his body. Then he kind of parlays that talk radio 
into politics. And what if he becomes if he becomes the mayor of New York in 2021, they will make the movie. Oh, they will. They will. Of course they will. I'm How sure would it's you not? I'm sure it's in the works right now. But yeah, that's the story of Pervusters. I honestly Oh, I also thought this was really interesting. Um in a, uh the Mike and Vanya can't not uh podcast, we always do like a random fact. And one of the random facts I had was talking about the bystander effect. And the oh, bystander yeah. effect is when there's multiple people around, somebody's have something bad is happening and no one jumps in to help because either they think someone else is going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so if like, you know, a guardian angel isn't around, here's a, what you can do is if you're having an emergency moment, you want to target one person and look at them and look at them and say, help me. I need your help. Right. But I will say in my experience of, you know, Living in New York and having all sorts of crazy shit, crazy shit happen. People generally, I feel like, do. They're step amazing. In. I think yeah. people are pretty amazing. I think that that was a phenomenon for a while. I think I feel like in the book, The Tipping Point, by yes. Malcolm Gladwell, that's like a whole chapter about um, the sexual assault and eventual murder of uh, her. Kitty was her first name, and I can't remember her her last name right now because I wasn't. I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but how she was like. In fr- like on the street in full view of like all of her neighbors being like attacked with a knife and like uh, just brutally attacked and nobody everybody else assumed somebody else had called the cops so nobody called the cops and nobody went outside to help because somebody assumed somebody else would do it uh, and that there there was what you said is like the the psychological term for that yeah, is the, the bystander effect yeah and he's like I guess her case was the tipping point for people actually studying that and trying to figure out how to change that from becoming yeah. something that happened all the time. So but well, hers was the one that like sh- was the tipping point for that being something that needed to be figured out and changed. So yeah. now we know things like what you just taught us, which is great. Yay. Like single someone out and ask yeah. them to help yeah. you. And if you are worried that you might be affected by the bystander effect by being a bystander, just awareness is the first one of the first steps. Right. Secondly, um, pretend like you're the only person in the room. Pretend you're not in a group and just help. Yeah. You know, call. Just pre- it's do best. something. It's not going to hurt if yeah. 20 people call the cops. Yeah. No, it's not. If anything, they'll come faster. Yeah. Because 20 people bothered to call about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely, since I've had children, if something crazy happens, I get them the hell out of there, wherever we're at, you know? Right. It's not happened a lot. I'll be honest. I mean, it's been, it's fine where we live, but- I do have more of like a, a fleeing thing where I didn't used to have. Right. Because well, sure. of the little ones. Well, if you have to get like tiny, tiny bodies out of harm's way rather than throw you and them into yeah. like an altercation, I think you're making the right call in that yeah. situation. Yeah. As, and as you're running away, you can be like, Siri, call 911. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> My daughter would do that. She's yeah. Like, or be like, yeah, she totally would. <laughs> well, that was a good idea, Vaughn. I, I feel like I, I knew about like the garden angels oh, on the periphery yeah. of my brain. But I will say living in New York for 13 years, I do not recall ever seeing one of them. I and that just breaks my damn heart. I know. I wish I'd seen them. Well, hey, we are going to share some awesome pictures with you on our social media of the guardian angels and the perv busters. Yes. And yeah, you and guys. Maybe we're going to find some more really awesome copy and posters from the perv busters. Oh, I'll share this poster. Yeah, that's amazing. The, that's just too funny. Call Keep us. your rocket in your pocket. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, that's right. It's uh, it's amazing. We are creating a Subway Wiener waiver and Happy Pants Registry with pictures, video, and data. We will post it online and distribute it on flyers. Sexual perverts beware. Keep your rocket in your pocket or the guardian angels, perv busters, are going to make an example out of you. I mean. Also, people, 
Stop messing with women on the goddamn yeah. subway. And like, and seriously, like, keep your rocket in your pocket. Like, like what is wrong with why you? Do, why do you think that someone that you've never met before has any interest in seeing that, having that put yeah. on their body, pressed against them? They're yeah. not. I'm just telling you right now, they're not. No. No one is. And I'm not a violent person, and I actually, blood makes me want to vomit, but I would like to just like when it happens just to slice someone's penis and i'm sorry i mean it like yeah. put it in keep it in your pants not cool yeah no one wants that no one wants that consent no guys consent that. is the number one it's, it must be a sickness i don't understand i think there's probably some people that have some kind of wor- weird exhibitionist urges but that doesn't explain the people that like push behind you mm-hmm. and then you're like you don't need to be there is no reason that I should ever, even on the most crowded subway train, like twist your body, motherfucker. Mm-mm. Twist your mm-hmm. body. Exactly. Hashtag twist your body. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, Avrin, that uh, once I was on the subway and a disgusting man uh, rubbed his wiener up against my booty? <gasps> Unwanted. <clears throat> What's wrong with people? I gave him an elbow. Good. Thank God. Did you know, Vanya? Ooh, tell me. That when I was 22 and had lived in New York for like, I don't know, let's say four or five months. It might have been seven or eight months. <laughs> Who's counting? I was riding the subway home from working at the restaurant that I worked at in Rock Center. And for some reason, I was an idiot. I'd only lived there for a few months. So I walked to the one train, which was local, not express, because it dropped me off way closer to my house than the express train right by my job that would drop me off like several avenues away. So I'm gotcha. on this local train, so it stops a lot, right? I'm reading an us weekly because I'm 22 and what else did you read when you were 22 and I noticed that even though like there are definitely people sitting on both sides of me but there aren't that many people standing and so after like a stop or two I'm reading I'm aware that there's like a man standing directly in front of me and he's been there for a while and there's like plenty of space like he doesn't need to be standing right in front of me so I kind of pull like my magazine down from its up reading position and glance up to see this man's penis in my face like fully in my face. Naked? Yeah. Gross. Like he had taken it out. I don't know when. I didn't actually see that happen. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I was very enthralled with my Us Weekly. Yeah. And what kills me about this story is that I'm 22 years old. I'm new to New York still. I'm clearly like, there's a penis in my face. Yeah. What does one do? No one around me is reacting. Punch him so in the So I didn't do that. But if I could go back in time and change one thing in my life, I would have punched <laughs> him in the dick. Instead, I literally just like looked up saw the penis then this was the stupid thing that I did but I actually looked up at the dude for a second like glanced up like who's who is this and I was like and just put the magazine up in front of my but like in front of my face and just like acted like it wasn't there and I think he still stood in front of me probably with that thing out for another three or four steps oh my god what is wrong? I, you know what? No, that's just God. I'm so sorry you had to do. I know, that. and now I really wish I had punched him in the penis, or at least or like, scream, or like slapped it with the magazine. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like bad boy. <laughs> I would have. I or feel screamed. like loud noises yeah. freak people out. Just been like. Ah! Yeah, it's just like coyotes, guys. If you come across a coyote, you act really big and yeah. you say no same coyote. With, no. Same with grizzly bears. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So penises, grizzly bears, and coyotes. <laughs> just scream if you come upon one. Unprepared. <laughs> That's right. And also, no. Yeah. Put it away. No penis. No. Yeah. Hey, Avrin, did you know hmm. that every woman from New York City riding the subway has a story just like one of ours that we told you today? Yeah, I think I did know that. We love you guys. That's right. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more fun content, mm-hmm. go to patreon.com 
backslash rom crime. We've been told it's actually kind of hard to find us on Patreon, so you can't search us totally. But yeah, just Patreon dot com rom slash rom crime if you want to become one of our patreons for some fun extra some fun bonus content and for our dear patreons we have another fun uh docuseries sitch coming up Ooh, i can't wait i'm so excited we'll talk to you guys next week bye Bye.